Just a few decades ago, the concept of unmanned aerial vehicles, or as you may know them, drones, was a reality confined only to science fiction films and comic books. In fact, if you told someone just 30 years ago that there are over 900,000 drones registered in the United States, with over half of them being used for recreational use, they'd probably look at you like you were a little crazy. But the truth is, unmanned aerial vehicles are quickly becoming a close companion to the concept of smart cities, with the potential to offer cost-effective services for everything from environmental monitoring to traffic management. Yet, with no established system within cities to rent out drones, the potential to use these flying machines for good is wasted. Drones can deliver packages in under 30 minutes and cut surveying costs by up to 98%. So why shouldn't we make them accessible to all? Hello, I am your host, Mike Lake, and in today's preview, I will be talking with Andres Asmus, CEO of CityZine, a company working to provide drone stations as a service, matching drone providers with enterprises in order to improve data management in cities around the world. Innovation, resiliency, discovery. Join Mike Lake, President and CEO of Leading Cities, as we explore the technologies shaping the possibilities of our future with a preview of tomorrow. Hello and welcome, Andres. Thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of Preview of Tomorrow. And of course, I want to thank all of you, our listeners and viewers, for tuning in for yet another uh, episode. I'm really happy to introduce you to Andres Asmus. He is the CEO of CityZine. Now, this is a company that's providing accessibility to drones by matching providers with customers while also advancing the convenience of drone stations. So, Andres, tell me, you know, drones, some of us think about this as way out into the future. Some of us have our own and are playing with them, you know, for recreational purposes. But tell me, how did you get motivated to create an infrastructure solution for drones in cities? Hi, Mike. Thanks for the opportunity. I'm delighted to be here today. How does it come? Uh, basically, I have a passion uh, for two uh, factors. The first one is technology. Basically, most of my time working previously, I was working for, for companies having a technological uh, co uh, component. And second passion is really real estate. As you described, when we mentioned the term of drones, uh, we think about the things that object that flies. But um, coming back to your question, the idea comes from something that is related to the new type of infrastructure that we need. We are basically facing a problem on the obsolete infrastructure that we heritage. And that relates to climate change. And basically what we are providing is a station that supports flights for drones. And what we basically think is that why we use the term real estate is because we are shifting for a new type of living. We are working in a different way, and that's why the infrastructure is moving towards a low-carbon infrastructure and economy. Mm -hmm. And drones will help us. As we see, it's, drones are basically a decision-making tool that are fantastic for humans in many ways. So the interesting thing about uh, drones for me is that 
They, as, as you just point out, there's a tremendous opportunity and there's a lot of use cases. And so my first question is going to be about that. But then there's also challenges to make that opportunity a reality. Um, so I want to make sure we have time to cover both. Let's start with the, the opportunity. What are some of the use cases of drones in, in communities like cities? Great question. Uh, basically, one of the I will mention three in main industries. One of that's leading the United States construction. Mm -hmm. uh, construction sites are already uh, renting drones. Uh, companies are, are doing these for the construction site. Uh, uh, logistics on the warehouse, uh, they're also flying drones to have a better understanding about the inventory uh, it's, and savings cost. There is some tentative on the supply chain on the last mile. Uh, there are several companies that were uh, piloting and testing yeah. different alternatives to move goods from A to B. Uh, agriculture, as uh, we need to feed the planet and we are constantly growing, so drones are amazing, uh, insightful um, to to lead crops and, 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 and have a proper understanding about uh, the efficiency on, on agriculture. And there is no secret that uh, on the military side, there was a huge uh, development, uh, but basically the, the industries that I previously mentioned are the ones that are leading. Uh, but we also see uh, applications across uh, different topics, like let's say we know a case in Canada where the police are using drones because it's more effective when we have an accident to the highway. They immediately start doing and, and, and providing assistance for drivers and for the police itself and for the other drivers regarding the what's happening in the accident and resending immediately the the value information to the insurance company to have the proof of of the accidents in many other ways emergencies across the world uh, but the the main opportunity here is I mentioned previously as we move towards uh, and we need to fight these uh, problems on climate change. Drones are amazing, valuable in many different industries outside of the, the ones I mentioned. Uh, and we can go beyond insurance, healthcare, safety, uh, waste management, and beyond. So there's almost limitless opportunities for drones. Uh, but one of the biggest challenges, I think, um, <clears throat> is that you know, we think about um, airspace is different uh, than than road space, let's say. Uh, but the truth is, I mean, when we think about the infrastructure that's in place for planes to fly or helicopters to fly, air traffic control towers and runways and uh, airports, etc. I mean, there is a lot of underlying infrastructure that is needed. Sure, you don't have to pave a road, but there's still a lot of underlying infrastructure. And, and I know that only about 1% of the total investment in drones is actually on the infrastructure side. So it seems to me that there's a big challenge in making these opportunities a reality if we don't first focus on infrastructure and creating the system by which they can operate. Yes, as you're right, uh, it, it takes different components and different companies working together to make possible that this thing happens. As as we mentioned, we just provide another part of the solution. We think we are a connector in between the ground and the airspace. Uh, so 
you can see uh, the containers that we use for trade, international trade. So those containers are basically the size of the stations that we provided. But we need to work close with drone providers, with uh, uh, drone operators. Uh, uh, there is other players that are involved into the service and the solution to make that commercial adoption could happen in a proper way. The other advantage here, as you mentioned, it requires improvement <coughs> on telecommunications, improve, it requires improvements on, uh, uh, on the software components, on the air, air traffic management, and, 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 and basically uh, that's why uh, the regulators have been taking the time to properly move forward. Uh, drones exist in the last maybe 20, 25 years. We have been flying drones. But what is happening now is because the stress on infrastructure, the shift uh, that we are um, that we need in different industries. So finally, the regulator is putting together the components and specifically on our case, the station is a connector that enhance drone providers, uh, uh, air traffic uh, management companies with the client. In that specific case, we are not really focused on the uh, uh, personal drones, but more on the fleet drones for commercial adoption and enterprises and cities. So we also see uh, something very interesting that it's required is the leadership on some cities that makes possible that cities take the lead and work very close with the regulator to say, I do have aerial space, but I need support and I need the right companies to make these things uh, possible for the companies that are located in a specific city. And so obviously this is part of where CityZine comes into play. So tell us now a little bit about CityZine and the work that you guys are doing. Um, yes, uh, so basically we have been uh, uh, working on uh, a new component. Uh, and now I have a, an analogy. After Second World, uh, there was uh, a man, uh, Warren Avis, who has an idea to promote and increase the adoption of uh, renting cars. And the idea was very simple. like. There is companies, they will need different type of cars at different moments for renting. They don't want to buy, they just want to get access to the service. And that analogy serves again for the drone adoption on the commercial side. We will see the emergence, the, the emergence of a new service where different type of enterprises will find in one place in a very secure way uh, the citizen product, which is basically a hardware component or a physical station, which is the real estate part. And the station provides uh, uh, four functions. Uh, it provides the energy that is required for any type of drones. It's basically charging. Uh, a charging uh, yep. electricity. Uh, it's a GPS location, which is very convenient for the regulator to know who is flying and what kind of drone. Sure. And uh, it's also a location for pilots or for companies, they just need to dispatch automatically uh, different type of drones at some point. And once you see a large scale over time, and we deploy more stations into the city, the stations become the, uh, the guidance or the corridor, because you can use uh, different type of stations in different locations to know that some corridors might have uh, uh, they can host different type of drones. There is areas on the city that we cannot fly. If you are close to the airport, there is sensitive areas around the city. So 
basically the regulator is constantly defining the corridors as well as we have for the commercial flights mm -hmm. that we have been working. The other point here is um, the United States has one of the most complicated and complex aerial traffic in the world. There's 16 million flights, 50,000 daily and 20,000 airports. So we are early days, but mm. the product, the citizen hub means that those stations will provide value to structure the aerial uh, corridors that we require on the ground for enterprises. So, so give me an example uh, or walk me through, I guess, um, your typical user and how they actually use the CityZine platform, we'll call it. I'll give uh, a very uh, simple case. Let's say we take the city of Seattle, where there is a thousand companies working in construction in different locations across the city. So we can imagine that 50 stations will provide different type of drones in a way that they can rent and book in advance different type of drones so they mutualize the infrastructure. There is savings and they can use the drone that they will need for different type of the cycle construction. It, it, I'm almost envisioning a, a library for drones, so to speak, where you, <laughs> you take what you need when you need it. It's yes, yeah. There might be uh, challenges uh, because drones have um, different sizes. Some sure. drones have capacity to leverage more weight than others. There's different uh, uh, type or, uh, of, of drone itself. But basically the case that I give you uh, on the construction, there is other type of company they, call, they will take advantage of this fleet of drones that are available. So imagine a service in between 6 in the morning, 6 p.m. for construction field, where companies, they say, oh, I can fly a drone, leverage the data, and have a proper understanding about the construction site, and they just don't need to buy the equipment. And in the, uh, booking the service, they will comply directly with the uh, regulatory um, law. So they're not in charge of maintaining the fleet of drones. They just pay for access to a fleet of drones. Yes, that's correct. Which, um, do you have a sense of how many type of the, these types of stations a city might want to have to be enabled to um, really meet the demand that could be out there? That's a fantastic question. Uh, that's something we have to uh, work with the economic development at the city because it depends on the density, but it the cities are specialized. The cities are specialized on some industries. So mm -hmm. the economic development will know what kind of companies they are in their local uh, city produ producing basically the wealth and uh, and the GDP GDP on, on each city. So the, the great opportunity here, I'll give you a very concrete example on uh, urban planning. When you go outside of the United States, you very quick understand that there's problems on the way we're uh, doing and structuring land for urban planning purposes. Mm -hmm. So that's another example on how cities mm -hmm. can take advantage with the latest technology to advance the way they plan, they do master plan, they do construction and, and, and they take advantage. Going back to the question about the density, 
Yes, it's a, it's a work that we need to explore, we need to test, we need to validate, and it's a common work with economic development to understand if the city of the Arrow is completely different to the city of Miami. Of course, there will be different companies and the economic development is completely different. So basically the advantage here is the stations are agnostic to uh, drone suppliers. They can supply, they can work in any environment. They can work as well on winter or summer and they can work in different environments. That's that's the advantage of cities in product. So we're actually almost out of time. We have just less than a minute here, but tell me, looking 10, 20, 50 years into the future and assuming that every city now has a city zine infrastructure in place for drones, give us, paint the picture of what, what does that mean? What, what are the kind of impact do you have for that community, that society or, or the planet? as a whole? Uh, great question. Uh, I will, we are in a path for climate change. We are in a path for low carbon economy. There's no doubt that we are already looking at different sources of energy. And there is no doubt that the, the world as we know is facing problems on housing. We need to build different. Mm. So basically drones are a tool that are going to improve the way we make decisions they are going to help us to understand the environment and they are going to be very useful uh, on agriculture and many other fields. Basically, they will help us to shift for a new type of living. And I will see and I was listening recently this weekend on Bloomberg. Someone is uh, John Dare who write a book about the climate change and the, the, the challenges that we have at Trump. So Drones stations are a component of this new society, and I will see um, in 15 years airports for drones that for the first time in humanity we, we are using for our own um, well-being. Well, Andres, I, I really want to thank you for your time here on this episode today, but also for for being a pioneer in this area and, and making sure that we are building the right infrastructure for the future. Uh, and especially as we've discussed, that infrastructure as it relates to drones. It's been amazing to have you here and, and it's blowing my mind to think of the possibilities that uh, we could all benefit from if there were more drone use cases in operation and more easily accessible to commercial entities to use and make take advantage of that. Thank you, Mike. It was my pleasure. Uh, thank you for having me here today. Thank you very much. And thank you for tuning in to this episode of Preview of Tomorrow. Listeners like you are essential to advancing our efforts to drive resiliency and sustainability for all. I ask that you give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or whichever streaming platform you prefer. Your feedback helps us to grow and share these brief previews of what life in the future can be. In addition to thanking our guest today, I want to thank Peter Roy and Demetria Bridges for making this podcast possible. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and encourage others to also join us each week in previewing the possibilities of tomorrow. Preview of Tomorrow is brought to you by Leading Cities, a global nonprofit driving resilience and sustainability for all by unleashing the potential of the world's cities. Join them at leadingcities.org.